Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hey listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Oteil Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Faux, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. You may already know that SiriusXM brings you the deepest variety of commercial-free music for every genre and every mood. Where you hear the biggest names in talk, entertainment, and comedy, and hundreds of hand-curated music channels designed to fit every mood. Where you get news from every source, where you can listen to the newly launched Fish Radio, in addition to Jam On, Grateful Dead Radio, Pearl Jam Radio, Tom Petty Radio, and many more. Where you can listen to top comedy channels such as Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Radio and Netflix's A Joke Radio and Sports Talk Radio from Barstool to ESPN and more to keep you up to date on the latest news in the sports world. Most people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. Subscribe now to listen outside the car on your phone, online and at home and get your first three months for just a dollar. And if you're a Fish fan, which you probably are, you can get tour updates and shows being played, which are a good complement to our quick hits. Visit SiriusXM.com slash HFPod to see offer details and to subscribe and start listening today. SiriusXM, no car required.
All right, everybody. I'm here. This is RJ. I'm here with a quick hit from Mohegan Night One. I'm with Drew, uh, who's one of my favorite people to talk about fish with because, Drew, you have a great knowledge and, and history with the band and also really good uh, perspective. So no pressure, but thank you for coming back. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, now I feel nervous. <laughs> um, real quick before we get started, I just want to say if you all are um, at Mohegan or around Mohegan and, and looking for something to do this afternoon, go check out the uh, live podcast recording that um, Amigos with Mike Fenoya and Female Centrics will be doing at Comics Roadhouse. We'll put a link in the show notes. But if you look up Comics Roadhouse, you'll you'll see that it's apparently very close to the entrance of the venue. They have craft beer and food, and there will be special guests, very special guests, I'm told. So if you're free this afternoon, go check that out. Um, and we are launching a new listener survey through Osiris, and we want your help and we want your input so we can make Osiris even better um, for you. So check the link in the show notes because we want to um, hear from you. And you can also win uh, a limited edition original Osiris poster done by an artist named Stellan Parr. It's really awesome. And, and there's a picture of it in the survey you can check out. So with that out of the way, Drew, you're a longtime fish fan. You're also involved with, with the Mockingbird Foundation. I know there's every tour, there's a lot going on with, with Mockingbird. Yes, uh, I wanted to take a, a moment um, as one of the directors of Mockingbird to thank everybody for their contributions uh, financially and otherwise uh, throughout the years. And one of the cool things that we get to do with all of the money that you send to us is that we get to do these tour grants where every single city that uh, that Fish plays in, we get to uh, choose some sort of an educational program that gets a $1,500 a grant out of nowhere. Um, it's completely unsolicited and they just open their email inbox and then there's money there. Uh, and it's one of our favorite things to do um, for uh, Uncasville. It's going to the Mohegan Community Cultural Outreach. So um, again, thank you to everybody for all of your support. And uh, we, we literally could not do what we do without it. It's really cool. And, and it goes without saying that that Mockingbird are the, the folks behind fish.net. If you've ever used fish.net, maybe to look at some fish set lists or, or, or statistics. Um, I know some people like statistics. So that's all part of one big, big family, Drew. That it is. I, without <laughs> Fishnet, I would not have known that last night was my 43rd sample in a jar. So there you go. <laughs> so there's a lot to get into. Um, where can people check out the ongoing um, kind of community engagement stuff? Is it um, is the best place to go to the website? Uh, yes, and also uh, on the Fishnet blog. So if you just go to fish.net, uh, right on the homepage, uh, every single time that there's a new uh, tour grant, we have a story. Then also our website is embird.org. Amazing. Ember.org. Cool. So Drew, there's a lot to get into. I know you saw the Fenway shows and, and you were at the first night of Mohegan last night. I want to talk about Petrichor, but we'll get there. Um, what, okay. what was it like <laughs> going from, uh, you know, going from Fenway to, to Mohegan outdoor versus indoor, huge versus small, kind of a, a pretty big contrast, right? Or I would imagine. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a giant contrast, uh, completely predictable, but, um, but yeah, Fenway is, is, is just crazy big. And, uh, any of those baseball stadiums, even with how many people there are, they're not all packed in. Obviously the entire infield is, is empty. Um, so it just, you know, it, it's cool. Fenway is a very sacred place to me. I was, I've been going to baseball games with my father there for four decades 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it, there was, there, there was a little bit of a disconnect between the band and the, the fans there. I felt, uh, on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last night, uh, was, uh, you know, this was like just your stereotypical, although it's newer than most of them, but like small Northeast arena show that was packed the crowd when the, when, I mean, when they dropped into energy, the place went nuts, but then when it segued into week apart, it was like the entire place erupted. Um, and it was, uh, only erupting like an indoor show can do. Um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, the, 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 uh, all, uh, no, no pun intended. The, the energy in the building from the, from the first downbeat was, um, was, yeah, it was incredible. It was, it was, a, it was a special night. That's really cool. And I know that, um, Trey said something about this, about, you know, whether they knew that remembered the song, I um, mean, it had been 226 shows since the last energy. Um, it was a pretty good jam that came out of that for something they haven't played in what, six years. I, it was, yes. I mean, I, I mean, opening the show with a, with a 20 minute jam, uh, which, uh, which it won't show up on any 20 minute charts because obviously they went into Weekapog, but I, all Weekapog is, is a jam. <laughs> Um, and I don't mean that disparagingly. That's one of my favorite fish tunes, uh, you know, one of my favorite grooves of all time, but, um, but yeah, it just, they got comfortable right away. Um, you know, it's, uh, especially something in the opening slot and a, a first set, um, these days, it's like, sometimes there's a little bit of a jam and then, you know, and then the tune will end and they play another tune and then, or, you know, it became clear, you know, five, six minutes in that, uh, you know, the, the jam took a little turn and it was like, Oh wait, we're getting comfortable. And, uh, and then, yeah, that was, and the week of Pog tray looked, uh, genuinely elated. I think that they just stumbled on that. Um, this venue is only 45 minutes up the road from week Rhode Island. So, um, so it was maybe on the mind, Got it. but, um, but yeah, what, what an incredible, uh, what an incredible opening segment. Yeah. And there were, um, I think, I guess if you, if you just look at song length, I mean, there were eight songs last night that were over 10 minutes, including Maze, which is just um, really cool to, to see. Um, what were some of your other yeah. highlights from the first set? Well, uh, I love, uh, you know, lengthwise, uh, it's not exactly going to give you goosebumps, but, um, but that was only the <laughs> second one of those that I've seen in, uh, in 25, uh, no longer than that years, 26 plus years. Um, the uh, the bathtub gin was um, was really fantastic. It went in some really kind of bizarre directions, um, mm-hmm. and especially for where it was in the set, I was because when it started, we were we were well over an hour in, and so I thought it was going to be kind of like a, a short, straight ahead set closing bathtub gin, and um, and it took like a couple. I haven't re-listened to anything yet, but it took a couple of turns um, into kind of uncharted territory. And, um, yeah, it was great. I mean, it, that was kind of indicative of the whole evening. There are, uh, my favorite, uh, 3.0 fish is when they, uh, they feel comfortable and it doesn't seem like they're in a rush to, uh, for my taste in a rush to get to the next composition necessarily. Mm-hmm. And, um, and th- that was, that was the case from, from literally the opener and then, uh, the gin or, uh, or, uh, Fishman playing lengthwise in the middle of maze, or there was just, there were a lot of things that, um, a lot of things that stretched out in predictable places. And then there were some things that stretched out in very unpredictable places as well. Um, which was, uh, which was cool. I, that, I always love it when you never know when 
I, I love Straight Ahead. Like my favorite song in the world is Tweezer, and I love that song because you know they're going to stretch things out. Right. But it can be really cool when things can just go, you know, take a left or a right turn in places that you were never expecting them to take a turn in the first place. Which last I had a bunch of those. And and from a musical perspective, I guess I attribute that to just patience um, and and being willing yeah. to let that open up. Is that how you see it from a musical perspective? Yeah, and I I don't um, you know I've uh, when I've when I've made requests to Trey in the past uh, before shows he has uh, he has mentioned more than once to me like something to the effect of well we'll see what my what my muse uh, thinks tonight you know and, and so I, I really do think and he it, I do believe that last night that he had a um, you know a list of songs in front of him um, mm-hmm. that he seemed to keep on looking down at. But I do think that they kind of tend to just let things go where, wherever they want to, um, for better or for worse. Um, but but yeah, there's there's something to be said for Fenway, um, which again I had the time of my life. Um, I really did with some of my dearest friends in the world. But there was, uh, for example, the Reba, which was like which was really cooking, and that two and a half hour set, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that nothing had really gone that deep, and then. Uh, just as things started getting cooking, like Trey turned to Fishman to tell him to, you know, to end it. And it was just, and I don't remember off the top of my head what they played right after Reba, but there was just a lot of just, you know, every, anytime something started to get, um, again, for it's a value judgment, but in my eyes, interesting, um, you know, unpredictable, then they would just play another song. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I'm a huge fan of their compositions, but what I think they do better than any band's, in the world is the, the the weird uncalled for left turns in tunes that they haven't done that in the last hundred versions kind totally, of thing. Totally. Um, and yeah, last, that was, yeah. And that's what they did a lot of last night. Yeah. That was a, that was a, a, a kind of abrupt ending to Reba in favor of back on the train, which, you know, um, I guess, right. You know. Right. Well, yeah, which can go places, but like yeah. that, that for, for me, that's not where I needed that. And then that didn't really go that deep. And yeah, there was, there was kind of a lot of that, um, um, at Fenway. The good thing about those, those kind of shows is that there's a really good chance that you're going to see one of your favorite tunes, you know, yeah. especially if you're new, um, which is cool. If they play a lot of songs, then you're going to see some, some tunes you like. But, um, but last night's weirdness, uh, the second set, like on paper is nothing that I would, um, you know, be like clearing my family and work schedule to immediately listen to if I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but, oh my goodness. I mean, just the things that they stretched out and the ways that they stretched them out. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was sensational. So, but that's just the kind of, that's the fish that I seek out. That's why I travel. Yeah. Understood. Well, so, okay. So we got to talk about Petrichor because this is causing some, um, strong feelings. I think I personally, I, I think this song is like a masterpiece and I, I, I don't, um, I would not be mad just to, to see it at a show, but, um, it, it evokes some strong feelings. What, what's your feeling about the song and, and the placement? Cause I think that's another thing, right? Like, is it the right time or, or feeling from the crowd, et cetera? Um, what was your take on that when it started up last night? So, uh, I I love Petrichor. Um I um I really love the orchestral version. Um Don Hart along with Trey did just like a masterful job with the with the orchestral version. Um the uh and the fish version I really like as well. Um I will say that um that it is it's it's long and so if it's not your cup of tea and it's also pretty low energy in a mm-hmm, lot of places mm-hmm. 
Um, and so if it's not your cup of tea, I, the, the tunes that I tend to, uh, you know, to really not like, a, you know, getting into a set list that I'm attending, like Son of a Mule, which I mentioned nine times on the December 95 episode <laughs> of HF Pod. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and, and there were still five of them made the actual thing, even though Matt took four of them out. But, um, <laughs> the, uh, but the reason I don't like it is because it kills the momentum of the set and because it's really long. Um, and so... Um, and so those are the tunes that kind of rise from like, Oh, it's not my favorite too. I really don't like it. Um, yeah. for me, I can watch like what Fishman does in Petrichor is, I think is just incredible. I mean, it's like, it's really, uh, it's masterful, the touch that he plays with and just how effortless all of it is. And there's a lot of mixed meter stuff. And so it kind of the, you know, it gets the, the geek in the, in the, my professional musician geek kind of gets off, you know, off on that. Yeah. Um, but I can completely understand why people don't care for it. Cause it does slam the brakes on a set. Um, you know, especially if the, if the band is rocking and it's free, then a tune that has that long, that's scripted. means that by definition that they're not going to be doing the free flowing thing. So, um, so I really like it, but I can understand the, uh, the people who aren't the biggest fans. Got it. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I, I stand by my masterpiece comment and, uh, you know, Trey, Trey like cranks out these masterpieces every few years. Um, if you consider ghost of the forest as like one single beautiful thing, which I do. And, sure. um, yes. you know, especially some of these, like one of the songs they played last night, but then, you know, Petrichor is another one, whether, whether you like it or not, it's, it's hard to argue with. And, you know, going back a few years, I mean, he just, he just, seemingly does this without i mean i'm sure it's a lot of effort but it seems effortless from <laughs> from the listener's perspective you know and it's it, it, uh, agreed entirely um and it's also worth noting just for a personal preference um standpoint that uh a divided sky is i think one of the greatest fish compositions that has ever been written um it is a masterpiece it's like that's something that i can play for a fellow professional musician colleague and you know that's putting fish's best writing foot forward it's amazing mm -hmm. i don't necessarily get super excited when i when they when it starts when i'm at a show especially if i've been seeing it lately um and i'm always i'm never upset that they're playing it but i don't go to shows hoping to hear divided sky and one yeah. of the reasons is because it's it's long you know, and it's, uh, for the most part predictable. Um, yeah. now if you haven't heard the seven, eight ninety four version of divided sky, that will make you think that you can fly. So you should go listen to that right now. Um, yeah. which just, we just had the 25th <laughs> anniversary. So I just listened to it the other day, but that's an example of like a tune that I'm like passionate about. I mean that I can't, if I came up with a list of top 10 fish compositions ever divided sky would absolutely be on it. And yet I still, for 20, the last 24 years, have not gone to shows hoping to see it, if that right. makes sense. Right, right, so, right. Yeah, totally. Um, yep. So let's talk about the second set. And um, I want to get you on your way to to your day. So sorry to keep harping on Petrichor. But let's let's talk about the second set, because we had four songs that were 11 plus minutes, which is, um, I think, pretty cool for a set. It's not a four song second set like everyone dreams about, but um, seems like pretty open and flowing and um, some really good improvisational spaces within a bunch of these sh uh, songs. What what were some of the highlights for you? Oh, boy. Um, I mean, it was uh, it was kind of one big highlight. Uh, I mean, Soul That's awesome. Planet. Um, yeah, Soul Planet went, um, got weird, like, right away. 
um, I mean, like right away, um, which was in contrast to the, uh, to the new year's, you know, 17 one with the sailing gag. And it went on for like 15 minutes and yeah, it was the yeah. same. This one like took a, like a 90 degree left turn as soon as the, as soon as they got done with the composed part of the tune. Um, and then, um, uh, as, a as, um, Scotty Bernstein pointed out on Twitter, you know, the debut of wider, you know, I, I don't remember his exact wording, but like, you know, when's the last time that, uh, that a new, fish song debuted with like with improv going into it and improv going mm, out of it. Mm-hmm. That's a very fish thing. It's like, we've never played this song before. So let's not have a plan on how we're going to get into it. And then let's not have a plan on how we're going to get out of it. That's um yeah, that, that, that was, and then the, the segue into undermined was, was money. That was really, 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 really great. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then Fishman, um, you know, Fishman took a whole bunch of, uh, extra, um, you know, extra turns around the, uh, there were a couple of people, by the way, that were trying to start wooing at the end of undermined for the love of all things. Holy when the greatest (laughs) rock and roll drummer alive is playing solos. Don't woo. I get the Trey encourages it. And like when the whole band stops, it's like, then woo your heart out. But like when John (laughs) Fishman is soloing, don't woo. So, okay. I'm off of that. Good. Uh, That's but good. if you do woo during his solos, we still will take your money at Mockingbird. I will tell you that. So, <laughs> um, the, uh, <laughs> just to be, just to be super clear, Absolutely. Um, the, um, the, the final hurrah got, uh, got, went out. Um, but then the, the real star of the show for me was, um, was beneath the sea of stars. Um, that was, um, I was talking um, to a couple of uh, friends uh, on the way to Fenway, <clears throat> and then this this bared out at Fenway as well. That one thing that that um, that 2019 fish and it's been this way for years now doesn't really do very much of slash just about any of is changing meters during jams. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. a, you know there's there's a lot of modulations. There's a, of course a lot of modulations to major and to bliss jams. Um, which I love, especially when I'm there. It's like, but it can be a little bit predictable. Um, and, uh, and I, again, I haven't gone back and, and re-listened to this, but the, you know, beneath the sea of stars, uh, starts in six. And then at one point it was in like uh, kind of like a six, eight, which you feel in two. And then there was like a four, four part. And it was like, they kept on mixing meters and there were times when there was no meter. Um, and that was when I tweeted that, that it was, you know, there were, there were like multiple meter changes within mm. that jam uh, that felt very like summer 95 esque in that specific, a whole bunch of uh, nitwits on Twitter were like, this isn't summer 95 dude. <laughs> so, which I, I know I was there. I get it. Relax, pump, pump the brakes. Um, it was just the, just the meter changes was that is the sign of like a really, uh, a really free flowing um, group. And it was, God, they, that, that thing went, um, yeah, the, the place, it's interesting. The place stopped dancing because it got way out, but it mm. was stopped dancing and, and was focused, you know, yeah, yeah. it wasn't uh, like a standing around kind of thing. Um, yeah, that, that in the moment felt like an absolute masterpiece. Um, and I can listen to that weird stuff, um, for a long time. Um, and so I didn't want it to end, but then when it did end, uh, they, uh, they <laughs> dropped into ghost, which was, um, which was incredible. Um, and then that got super deep right away. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I, I tweeted at Fenway that I, you know, that I don't want them to rip a jam that's getting interesting, even for tweezer, which mm-hmm. is my 
favorite. It's my fishnet username is tweezer. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's like mm-hmm. I grabbed it right away. Um, <laughs> but like, I just don't want them to ripcord uh, for anything when a jam is getting interesting. And then that ghost jam was like, was really cooking. And then they dropped into birds and I was kind of like, wait, what about ghost? And then they played the head for birds. And then they like segued immediately from that into like just a different weird ghost jam. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it was just one of those nights where they could have played anything and it would have been uh, really interesting uh, on the jam front. So Man, um, that's really yeah, cool to so hear. Just, yeah, just really good stuff. Um, and then the waste uh, Golgi was, you know, and then the, I think, um, you know, Scott again uh, pointed out that you know that it went Golgi foam contact between the end of the second set and encore three Junta tunes in a row was was quite a bit. Um, there were it was one of those nights also where there was just really like tiny random things. Fishman was doing some crazy creative stuff during contact, um, like really uh, like when uh, the the kind of funky slap bass part uh, mm-hmm. Fishman mm-hmm. was not doing his usual like ride cymbal. Um, there was like some like kind of hi hat stuff in there, which was which was very unique for that um, for that section. Um, the MoMA dance, there were like they threw like four extra or eight extra bars in somewhere where it just kind of like it just kind of got weird. There were just little spots like that that were it wasn't sloppiness. It was just they were letting everything breathe. Um, and um, and that's then what, more that's what we all want, right? Yeah, that that's the for the reason I always want that is because that is what this band does better than any other band that I've ever heard in history. And so, you know, if a chef is famous for a certain dish, then you really want to eat that dish, yeah, <laughs> you know. And so, totally, that's totally. what. Yeah, and, and that's the the free flowing thing is, um, and that's what keeps all of us uh, old dudes, um, you know, on uh, on the backs of our heels too. <laughs> it's when they. When um, you know, when you just never know what the hell the band is going to do next. So yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, and then afterwards, they you know the the all of the 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 sea of humanity that is a uh, a fish show uh, like emptied into the casino, which is always very surreal. Um, you know, no matter where that happens, and um, and yeah, Pretty it was wild. just it was a great night. Yeah, it was just a tiny great crowd. Band was locked in from the from the you know from the word jump. And, uh, yeah, I'm, that was my last show of the summer. Um, and I'm very, very, very happy that that was my send off. Nice man. And we should say for the people who are going to tell us that we didn't mention, this is the first foam since the Baker's dozen 77 shows. So that's cool. Um, yes. yes. Drew, was this the show of the tour so far? Oh boy. I, um, I don't, um, you know, there's something called the 48 hour rule, which uh-huh, is like, uh-huh. you're not supposed to make any declarations <laughs> and that is to save us from ourselves. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and also it's like, you know, it's uh, it also depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I think it's hard to say that last night is better than Charlotte. I think it's mm-hmm. hard to say that last night was better than Camden three. Um, you know, each of those shows is actually really, um, you know, really different. Um, yeah, yeah fair. so, um, and I, I wasn't at either of those first two, um, but, um, and I would have loved to have been, but, um, but yeah, this is definitely in, uh, you know, tier one for most interesting shows I yeah. mean, and just not really knowing where things are and uh, things don't need back in the day. I mean, like, I don't know, like a, a 95 antelope was not exactly unpredictable and yet it was like just jaw droppingly incredible because of the mm-hmm. power and the, you know, um, so it doesn't need to be unpredictable, but again, I, I really, um, 
I think the band has to really be on edge. And I've been in a lot of, even as a classical musician, I've been in a lot of situations where, where the musicians are just kind of, uh, not intentionally, but just kind of going through the motions. And then there are other times when you could get into a chamber group where somebody is going to change a little something for the first time, even though you've already performed it 10 times. And then everybody immediately reacts to that. And when that starts to happen, then everybody is on the edge of their seat. Everyone's leaning forward. You have to have your ears huge. Um, and that's a really exciting time to make music. And um, without asking them, I guarantee you that Fish would agree with that, that when they're in that mode, that it's just kind of like they got to be paying attention to everything at all times because you never know when Fishman's going to throw in a little wrinkle or Trey mm-hmm. or any of them. So, yeah, they, they seem to be in that place last night. That's awesome, man. I'm really glad we got to talk about this show with you because, like I said, you're, I love your perspective and your history with the band. So thank you for taking the time. And um, I will say for anyone listening, you're probably really excited now if you weren't already for the show tonight. If you want to listen and you haven't signed up um, for to listen to Fish Radio, you can use uh, SiriusXM.com slash HFPod to get three months for a dollar. You can stream the show tonight. But, um, Drew... Have a good trip back. Um, say hi as you're passing through through DC, and uh, thanks so much for taking the time. Sounds good. Thank you so much, RJ. And given what Drew said about that beneath the sea of stars jam, let's uh, let's get into a little bit of that and hear hear some of that uh, uniqueness. Uh, what a great show! We'll see you all back here tomorrow.
Hey, babe, what you got there? This is a check from Carvana. I just sold my car to them. I went online and Carvana gave me an offer right away. Then they just picked up the car and gave me this. Oh, it's a big check. Well, obviously you could put this towards your next car, or we could finally get that jacuzzi, or I could start taking tuba lessons, or I could quit my job and write my memoir. Or I can put it towards my next car with Carvana. Sorry, your check, not mine. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Have you ever found yourself wondering, what else can I listen to on the Osiris Network? Here's another great podcast you can check out. Hey, this is God We Evan. Uh, we are a podcast where uh, three friends force another friend, Evan, Hi. to listen to a band he doesn't want to listen to. Ween. It's a journey, it's wonderful, it's funny, and it's filled with great music. Except for the Ween. <laughs> and the journey. <laughs> and the friends. So listen to it. Or don't. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> Only on the Osiris Podcast Network. Dot com. <laughs> it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the story? behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important. Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.